there. Welcome back to Daily Fantasy Sports Picks and Bets. It's the mix. Powered by the Mayo Media Net here on YouTube. Presented by Jock Market, the Daily Fantasy app where we actually make money all the time. All right. What a cool idea that is. You know, rate, review, and subscribe to the channel. Make sure you download the app. Use the promo code MMN. They're going to match the first 100 bucks for free. If it's free, it's for me. But it's just more than a catchphrase. It's just like we told you. You follow the show. Hop on, especially with the penny stocks, for the new players. Yes, more advanced players like more advanced traders, more advanced bettors should have more complex plans. But when you're first starting, there's nothing wrong with getting a little ABC Darian. Yes. That is a real word, taking it back to the basics, starting at square one, and it's following the show and getting with the best values. We're doing all the legwork for you, using Run the Sims projections to bring you the highest projected players on every slate, but then also the best values from a cost per point, you know, like a value lens, which is what it's all about. And on these main slates, you get a whack at 200 players. We were talking about Tyler Boyd. We were talking about players like I had Kenneth Walker, man, who else? There's another another big hit at the bottom there. It's slipping my mind. It was, oh, and Paris Campbell, right? Just exactly the things we talk about. Of course, I forgot the main lesson I wanted, which is identifying, utilization, paying low prices, aiming for low bars, and letting the rest take care of itself. Boyd and Campbell both went off, floated the goose eggs like Andrew and Lamb. Again, chasing the big dollar ain't always going to get it to you. All right, man, enough of that. We need more of this. We have so much work to do and so little time to do it. It's the fastest show in NFL, absolutely. Anyway, man, you take that big boy to the bank, absolutely guarantee it. Like I said, we're using Run the Sims projections. We're going to do blue chips. That's the highest projected players. We're going to do that penny stock section I mentioned, and then I got a player prop for you everything really starting to turn around for us lately you know right when you get a handle on the season as things become to get cemented and then we're able to use public narratives against everybody right let's get into it all right it's the blue chip section brought to you by jock market you gotta download the app and again if you are new i would never walk you into a buzz so i really do care about you right i think that's part that's kind of my thing i really do care because i also come from nothing and i also have started from zero and made my way into where, you know, I'm a high-level player because I, I earned my way there. And it's about being sharp, and it's about malleability, and it's about application. And we're going to do a little bit of all that stuff. All right, blue chips it is on the bear side for this Monday night foosball game. Oh, God, these, these primetime slates are just just <laughs> flat-out, like, deflating. I think the schedule makers have to, you know, maybe rethink how heavy they overload on some of these teams, right? They really expected the Bears and the Seahawks to be, um, I'm sorry, not the Seahawks, the Broncos, right? The Bears and the Broncos to be at the center of all the entertainment. So they put them on all the primetime games and we're all vomiting. All right, for the Bears at the top of the board, it's, I, it's just ridiculous. Justin Fields, the quarterback, projected for 14 points. Oh my God, so bad. How do you get not get that? David Montgomery at 12, Darnell Mooney at eight, the number one wideout that runs 100% of routes. Eight projected points. Khalil Herbert, the backup back there at 7.5. Wrap it up on the Bears with Komet at 5.5. You know, one of my catchphrases here is, I'm not going to beat you to death with blue chippers, good players doing good things. Well, I guess the inverse of that is we're going to have bad players doing bad things or mediocre players doing mediocre things if they're lucky. Going to be very hard to get with the Bears. Let's hop over to Patriots and we'll break down this thing. I like to do a little macro stuff. Got some advanced stats for you as always. You know, we like to mix. It's analysis, but this is handicapping 
all at the same time. I think our understanding of the ubiquitous flow of information and how to apply, whether it's standard DFS, jock market, or the prop market, right? Those things are not all equal. There is a Venn diagram. And the center point, you go at all three of them. Hopefully in this show, we're showing you which circle to go after. For the Patriots, it's 15.4 projected points for top dog Ramondre Stevenson. We'll get to that in a second. Followed by Mac Jones, another one, 13.9 projected points. I mean, you just, you will never, ever, ever see two quarterbacks combining for 28 projected points. Joe Burrow was projected for 25 last weekend. It's just, it's just amazing. Jacoby Myers at 11, very reliable. I've done well with him in fantasy circles. Damien Harris at 10.6. He's back. Devontae Parker at 7.1 points. I mean, the projections themselves are telling you to expect very, very little. And I think a lot of people have seen that in the prop market. Chasing lots of overs is going to get you in trouble. You want to aim, like I said, for utilization, plus low bars, plus good price. All right, let's dive into the macro kind of breakdown as always. You know, I kind of love to do that stuff. It's the Bears offense at the bottom of the barrel. 15 and a half points, 56 plays, 294 yards per game. Those are all the worst, if not bottom three. 27 yards per drive, 2 minutes, 34 seconds per drive, and a 63% drive success rate. Again, bottom three. The run game is pretty good, but the problem there is teams are kind of daring them to do that. So again, we have to be careful, especially if you think the Bears are going to fall behind. Yeah, teams are going to dare you to run and if the Bears are going to take it because they are one of these teams that have abandoned the pass you can see where they get into trouble so there's another bit of application but hey you got to be careful with season long stats like wow the Bears are this sick you know run game teams are allowing it they are good they do have good skill players in Montgomery and Herbert but the 33 rushes for 170 yards five running back yards per attempt all really good except when they only get scored 15 points a game right that's you want the heavy run team is the big scoring team because they're ahead not the other way around which you're getting it's the pass D at the center of all of the Bears problems minus 25% pass DVOA 23 sacks allowed now a lot of that is on the quarterback remember sacks allowed is generally a quarterback stat 16% adjusted sack rate 19 attempts for only 10.5 completions 123 yards per game those are all firmly at the bottom there's not a single thing that they do well Patriots defense is good getting better and I believe they're just going to seriously confuse Justin Fields I mean so this is sometimes it's a one plus one equals three type thing when we're talking about football you know Uga versus Uga, right? Strength versus strength. This is where we kind of get into a bit of the subjective element. The Patriots, again, are good on defense, but we know that they're a schematic-based team. Belichick has always had a habit of picking on rookies, right? That's not just the narrative. It's because he's extremely complex and very good at confusing the best. Remember, he went toe-to-toe with Peyton Manning for half a decade. These guys are playing literal chess at the line of scrimmage. You, you can't expect that from Justin Fields. So this is not a knock on him, but he's playing chess against an expert, and he is not. Patriots D allowing 19 points a game, 334 yards per game, 5.4 yards per play. Those are all in the top third, but the EPA per snap on defense at 10.1 is near the very top. Patriots defense is good. The drive success rate below 70 is excellent. Everything then a little bit of middle of the pack as far as the run game, because again, they're going to allow you to do that. Patriots always very concerned about getting blown out over the top. They don't allow that. Minus 17% pass DVOA. They have 17 sacks, 9% adjusted sack rate. They're going to get after fields, right? They're only allowing 220 pass yards, 6.3 per attempt, 10.7 per completion, only one and a half passing touchdowns allowed per game. The New England Patriots is very good. No one 
one is really doing anything against them. Again, fantasy running backs are averaging as running back room. 17.1 points per game. That's near the top. But again, the Patriots are going to let you do something. Patriots offense is... It's kind of whack. You know, what can we what can we say? It's pretty whack. But again, don't be part of the Zappy crew. He was good. He is serviceable. He is more of a validation of the coaching, right? And their understanding of what needs to be done for a defensive running team. He's not as good as Mac Jones. I like Mac Jones. I think what we saw from Jones in the second half of last year was really encouraging. And it bucked those narratives that were all like, oh, he's a check down. He's a short ADOT guy. That wasn't the truth. He, he didn't really have weapons. Then he began to challenge. Anyway, he has not looked very good this year. Mac Jones, i got to split these stats, right? So this is Mac Jones. It just hasn't been great. The completion percentage is good at 66, but the passer rating is only at 76. 8.1 yards per attempt is pretty good, but .03 EPA per attempt, not good. Minus .08 EPA per dropback, not very good. Minus .018 EPA versus the zone, and a minus .07 against the blitz. I'm not to kill you with all these advanced stats. EPA is very good, and a lot of time is really aligned with the film. Mac Jones is struggling in particular against the zone. I think the Bears are going to show him a bunch of that. But the Patriots are going to be looking to run the Rockets, wrap up the handicapping there, because this is where I think the game is going to rest. So let's start with the flip side, Bears defense, right? Only allowing 20 points per game. They're very good. Five-point yards per play, also very good. However, they have not been efficient. They're slowing down... The pass games, but they're getting beat up in the run. So what happens when you get beat up with the run is the clock runs and it it shortens the game, right? So again, this is the difference between looking at season stats and falling for it. Check it out. Bears defense, not efficient. 36.5 yards per drive, 3 minutes and 20 seconds allowed per drive through the opposition. I believe that's worse than the league, if not bottom two. 74% drive success rate is bottom five. 3.4 snaps per splash play, right? Those are all your forced fumbles and sna- uh, sacks and short stops, all that great stuff that really matters. Bottom eight. Rush DVOA is in the positive. 34 attempts for 163 run yards per game. Again, the pass D is good. Teams are running against them, knowing that once you get ahead of the Bears, they can't catch up. So be careful with the season stats. I think that's the main thing here I often talk about drawing up the narrative here is mine the Bears are trash there's a chance they literally put up zero I never like to mark anybody for zero but I definitely think they go under 10 Patriots they don't really move very fast Mac is going to ease himself back in and I believe they're fully aware of the matchup so I'm a bit worried about the Stevenson projection here that's where I wanted to go with it with my main narrative is with Damian Harris having full practices, back-to-back games, and being off Saturday. So it's a full track. I believe he's a starter. So I think the projection for Madre might be a touch high. When they play together, you know, it's kind of Harris's backfield, right? We saw him in week four, 55% of the team rushes was 18 for 86 and one. And then, you know, almost two yards before contact per rush, then almost Three yards after contact per rush. Harris is the better runner between the tackles. That's where the Bears are flawed and where I think we'll see. So I think the Harris projection is low. I think the Ramondre projection 
is high. Hard to get with Mac Jones. I'm not going to want to pay for that. I don't know. I normally talk about who's the player that could pop the top, right? Do the Pringles job for us. I don't know who it is. So I think this one is a who could fall into the end zone. And I think that answer is Damian Harris. So I'm going to have a tough time investing heavily. Although another reason why we like jock market so much is you don't have to play a tight end if you don't want to. You could play one player at one share. You could play 100 players at one share. You could play 100 players at 100 shares. And you see how... DK showdown really kind of is very static, right? It's cemented and standardized, and you are kind of forced into certain movements and executions, right? And and, and I, that's part of what I don't like about it. That's part of what I don't like about it, aside from the fact that we're all playing each other, when if I just told you that I love you in the beginning and I care about you, I don't really want your money. Let's work together and get the book's money, the corporation's money, right? So there's the last feather in the cap. Holla if you hear me, rate, review, and subscribe to the audio-only pub five-star Reviews are the, you know, best thing you could do. And if not, stick your cartoon finger up inside the big man because those likes matter more than they should. Boom. That's the blue chip section. About as good as we can do it. If you appreciate it, you know, do all those nice stuff that I mattered. The ball is crossed. The 50-yard line. Let's get it up in the red zone. But first, let me take a breath because this is a bit harder than it looks. All right, second pillar of profit here at Mayo Media Net. Rate, review, and subscribe to all those that good stuff. Ooh, look at the penny stock image matching the shirt. I'm looking pretty schnazzy, and if you're unfamiliar, I think this might be the most impactful part of the show. It's probably the part I've gotten the most positive feedback for. Someone was actually nice enough to tweet about it at Patty. Man, hey, listen, man. In this world of ours, hitting up the boss and telling him how good of a job the guy in the bottom of the totem pole is doing, that stuff really matters. All right, so it's your penny stocks brought to you by Jock Market. Again, not just the cheapest players. These are the best values. I don't want to say objectively, right? Because we don't know. But with the given information, they are, right? Salary in DK conventional is preset. Like I mentioned, we can use that to our advantage. When you use great projection systems like Run the Sims, now you have given pieces. If you have a given salary and a projected output, you could come up with a rate stat that we call value. Again, probably the biggest mistake people make is thinking, oh, he's cheap, that's a value. That's not how it works. Their expectations are tied to outputs, and that, again, is the rate. So we got two QBs, three RBs, five wideouts, and a tight end. If you're unfamiliar, we do like this all the time. And if you're really into it, the main slate show has been really, really effective. All right, it's Mac Jones and Justin Fields, the only two QBs. On the board, Mac Jones and Fields both projecting for the same, you know, 13.9. Let's not get hung up on decimal points. Salary has Fields ahead, I would imagine, because of the rushing floor, which boosts up his cost per point over Jones. The ownership is the same, the IPO leaning towards Jones. Now, that's kind of interesting and probably like a hint of application. So, if the IPO is lower for Fields with an equal projection, he's a better value in Jock Market than he is in DraftKings. Like, it's kind of that simple. I know, I know, I know, I, like I just did, right? I don't want to bash the things that I do. But people talking about the running. Yes, we did. We have seen, what, a 47-yard minimum last four games. Topped out at 88 last time. But the fact of the matter is 47 yards is only 4.7 points. He might throw for 125 yards, and that's not going to do it at the price. So in jock market, you have to love it because you, you don't have to pay for it. Chances are I'm not going to be on these quarterbacks. I like to be fully transparent. 
on showdowns, if I don't like a player that I think could run away with the number one overall returning the $25 per share, I'd much rather get my shares at the bottom, look for lower returns. We just did it the other day, right? I Literally, Thursday night, we've been doing very well now. Dulcich and Latavius Murray were my highest utilization projections at the lowest price, and I rolled them out, and they got the job done. So that's why I think this chart is so helpful. Again, all these numbers that I roll at you, you could just go over to Twitter and grab it from the Mayo Media Net handle, or mine, at John Magaza. Or I, Patty retweets, we do try and do such a good job of getting it out. And I think it's it's really matters if you're playing jock market especially, because no one is combining all this information. But I think it, it's also very helpful to get familiar with the numbers. We talk about on the main slate, we want to get near like $300 course a point. Look at these numbers. There's not a single person below seven. But now there's another lesson in itself also. Again, feathers in the cap sticking out everywhere, because nuance and context is always at the center of it. The pricing in jock market really is kind of stagnant, meaning the top players tend to go for the same amounts. And a part of that makes sense, right? A quarterback, no matter what, is going to be one of six players to finish at the top. But they don't have equal projections, they're not equal talents, and not equal game environments. So I'd rather not pay in uh, on for jock market top up, right? Go top down. If the projections are so condensed, then you have a higher chance at a lower cost player, but those are the equal. So, again, just kind of how we push it forward. Let's do the running backs. It's Ramondre Stevenson coming in at the best value, but remember, I did mention I'm low on that projection. I don't have him at 15 points. So if you lower his projection to 10.8 salary, is going to put the cost of point over that 700. With the 61% own, that's where I'm getting away from. Let's get into Damian Harris. The projection to 10.6, 8.4 salary. His cost of point at 792. However, that's when I talk about adjusting the dials. We don't want to push too far up against particularly usage, although I'm going to do it right now. I think they're shorting Damian Harris. He should be the higher projected back in this game with his full practice. I believe they go back to their usual usage. Belichick is that kind of guy. I think Harris gets a ball. I think he's the best pop for a touchdown. So he has the low salary, he has the lower ownership, and he has the lower IPO. Give me Damian Harris today. That's a guy that we want. Remember, also, when a player pops up on the blue chips and the penny stock, that's a good place to circle him. Though in showdown with the small overlap, it's going to happen with more players than normal. Jacoby Myers, Darnell Mooney, <clears throat> Devontae Parker, Tyquan Thornton, and Equanimous. Equin- Equin- St. Brown. I got to holler at him. Man, I got to get a pronunciation. It means a lot to me. People butcher my last name. I don't love it, but I understand it. If you correct me, I'll get it right. Like, I think that's when it's wrong if you keep pushing it after someone says, you know, please say it correctly. So, my man, EQ, your parents are really cool at naming kids, man. Oh, God. Mod Rod, Aquatimus. Listen, I love it, man. I live outside the box. All right, let's look at the wideouts. Jacoby Myers has been awesome, and I like him a lot. I think he is probably the receiver in this game that stands to, to gain. Pure receiver, I should say. Um, season stats, the usage has been all Myers, right? He's leading the team 83% of snaps, running routes on 61% of dropbacks. He had time missed, though. Earning 
24 receptions on 31 targets for 321, 13.4 yards per reception. We like that. He's had 18% of the team targets, 24% of the team air yards. But more importantly, right, because he has time missed, 26.5 targets per route run, 2.75 yards per route run, 11.3 air yards per target. Those are the really important ones, right? Again, those rate stats. Without him, we saw Parker add that one big game. And then Henry has stepped into usage without Smith. He maintained it last week, but I worry about the throwing. And again, when we change quarterbacks... You're also going to change the target tree. So though I like Myers because of the price 8.2, ownership sub 40, the IPO near 11 is what has me like, because we have seen games from them where you're just not going to get much. I mean, that's, it, it's just, I hate to like it is what it is, but that's just, it's just it, that is what it is. When you're talking about teams that focus on defense and not really looking to throw, they like to run, they're in a good spot to run. That's what it is. So, Myers, again, I think he has the highest floor, you know, but Cleveland last week, four for 60. Miami, week one, four for 55. Top target, top scoring wide out, not going to get it done because the $11 IPO. So, I think Myers is part of a narrative if you're going showdown with the Patriot heavy stuff. But I just don't like anybody here. I'm not going to get with the $11. Mooney, 8 bucks. No thank you. That The floor is quite literally zero for them. I mean, the usage is out of control. 94% of dropbacks he runs route. 91% of the snaps. 30-team target. 46-team air yards. Like ridiculous. Just jumping off the page. But when you get to the rates, that's right. 1.5 yards per route run. So he's always out there not gaining. It's been a really, really, really rough go for Mooney. He seems to make... One, like, awesome circus catch. But think about that. He's terrible with circus catches. So what, if he doesn't get the circus catch, he kind of ends up with nothing, which is always really the main concern, right? I mean, one for eight, one for four, two for 23, two for 52. These are not the lines of a wide receiver. One, get away from that. Devontae Parker, kind of dusty with Myers on the field. I'm not into that. 594 IPO is palatable, but I'd much rather go with the last one. My value pick is Ty Quan Thornton. Again, you really got to get into splitting stats here because, right, players come up and players get hurt and then usage begins to get wonky. So last two weeks with Thornton out there, he's run a route on 69% of dropbacks, earning 15% of the team target share, 20% target per route run. So he's part of the game plan. He's also earning carries. He's also earning carries near the goal line. And this is where I want to get. So this is the wrap up of my narrative. Because I usually do the narrative stuff on the blue chip end. Because generally we're looking for the best players to drive the narrative. This game is not the case because of all the stuff we mentioned. So I'm going to pivot. Whoop. We're going to do the judo juke. That circle button in Madden. Do the little spin move. And I'm going to go with Thornton. And again it's funny. This doesn't really align. But let's hop up into it. Why doesn't it work? Because I disagree with the projections. The given that I mentioned at the outset, I disagree with, I'm pushing back on. Now, you have to understand you're taking a risk when you do that, which I know. I'm not as good at projecting this stuff as projection systems. However, when you do believe in it and believe you have it validated, that is the pathway to the edge. More and more people are using projection systems in general. More and more people are blindly using projection systems. It's sharpening the field at large. So the best way to do that is to... Right, it's still using projections, but it's using them more in terms of a self-fulfilling prophecy and then looking to find your leverage that way. So for me, it's Thornton to the four. If his 
projection is where I think it could be. You know, where I think he's going to maintain the usage we've seen the last two weeks. So, you know, I think he ends up with, I don't know, what, like five targets or something like that. So if that's the case and he's going to get catches and he's going to get a couple carries and he's a pop for the end zone, I actually think that the pair of them, I think Harris and Thornton is a really nice pair. He's actually had five targets and then it was three before, but they convert a lot of them because of the high percentage that they are. He also moves around the rotation quite a bit. I have that. Also, yeah, he's worked out of the slot as well. So we saw it briefly with like, I Belichick was trying to do it with like Ty Montgomery, who's not nearly as good as Tyquan Thornton. Tyquan Thornton's a bowler. He's a, he's a boss, you know. I, I was really into him. Best balls coming in because I thought he fit this kind of gadgety, weird, wonky thing. Remember, Belichick's into that stuff. So my comp has been Curtis Samuel, but I actually think it's going to be early week Curtis Samuel greater than sign current Curtis Samuel. So give me Tyquan Thornton with Damian Harris. Those are my values and my penny stocks. Those are the two guys I'm going to be going for in this one. And then it's Cole Komet at the bottom, the tight end value. Just no thank you. And St. Brown, just no thank you. Uh, I mean, listen, this says it all for St. Brown. Four projected points, 4.6 salary, $1,100 per point. Absolutely not. Thornton, though listed at the same, I think his projection might be like a half of what it should be. Right? Because if we have him for four to five grabs... And, you know, 40 to 50 yards and then 30 rushing yards with a chance at a touchdown. You got to get him in the double digits and that would affect his course of points. So the quarterbacks are a little too expensive for me. I think Stevenson is over-owned because he's over-projected. Herbert, as a backup, I'm not interested in splitting work. But Montgomery, no thank you. The Patriots are going to be watching them very carefully. Expect them to stack the box. Myers is going to be wonky. I'm going to keep it on the IPO. If it's in double digits, I'm going to let it go. Mooney, I'm not interested no matter what. Parker would have to be below five bucks. Thornton, I'm probably going to go. I don't want to say I'm going to get no matter what. I never do that. But I don't think he'll be above seven or 750 where I would like to get him. And that will do it. Bam! For the penny stock section. Man, we are just rolling. Once that ball starts coming down, it's Indiana Jones. That giant thing starts. Man, we are humming around here. And if you agree, please rate, review, and subscribe. Because, again, that stuff just really matters. I hate to beg for it, but I'd hate to look back and say, like, hey, man, my you know show, we didn't continue this thing of ours, right? We didn't get picked up because we didn't engage the audience enough, you know? So as much work as I put in, you could put in one millionth of that by pressing the like button and we'll call it even not a bad deal all right we're up in the red zone let's score the rock we got a few minutes i got a player prop for you let me just take a a quick breath first all right everyone sorry if i cut off that last section a bit fast on you i had to sneeze and there's nothing there's nothing worse i had my eyeball on the exit all right it's your player prop brought to you by jock market and the wonderful Ladies and gentlemen at Mayo Media Net, you know we love you and I love to show it. Week 7, Monday Night Foosball Prop, it's Damian Harris. As we mentioned, I'm going to try and follow my own very good advice since I have done so, surprisingly, surprisingly or not, we're starting to make money. And what I was getting at is this maybe more important than the prop itself, right? It's Damian Harris over 54 yards, over 53 and a half, so 50 plus 54, minus 110 standard VIG. Um, is uh, be consistent. Be consistent. That's been my big. That's been my biggest mistake this season. Drawing up these narratives, right? 
taking the information, inferring from it data-backed inferences, right? What we want to be doing, not trying to predict the future, not trying to be crazy, and going from there. What I mean as far as inconsistency that I, unfortunately I've been a victim to, and you've seen it, you know, and I, I own it, I own it. You draw up this game, right? So we love the Patriots pass uh, run game. They're going to run all of the Bears. Like we said, they're going to control the clock. They're going to protect Mac Jones. My narrative, like I just said. Little short stuff to Myers to open up the box to get gadgety stuff to Thornton as Harris bangs at the middle. That's my problem. And then you don't bet those guys. You go the other way. Well, Mooney's really cheating. Mooney could score a 80 yard touchdown. But that's, that doesn't fit, right? It doesn't fit the bill. If you think that, then go with the Bears and go with Fields and go with that stuff. And I've made that mistake before. Oh, I like this and I have a certain matchup and then I end up not going at it. Last thing that I had, um, Harris. I think I had some Harris stuff for you. Um, oh, yeah, okay. So Chicago D, this again, I had to split. They are 26th in rush EPA per snap which is extremely bad, right? We mentioned those run stats. They are very bad. The the Bears have just let everyone get them. That list includes Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, Damian Pierce, Saquon Barkley, Dalvin Cook, and Brian Robinson, most recently, have all cracked 60 rushing yards this season. So I think Harris, again, coming off the back-to-back full practices and the matchup, and he's healthy, and the hooded one. I think Damian Harris gets this one just easily. I think he's in line for, I don't know, maybe he's in line for 18 carries at four yards a pop. Give me Damian Harris for 72 yards. I mean, like, that's how you do it. So I actually like the alt prop. Also, again, you know, these are coming in. I'm posting these these picks as leans. I like to be very honest. I do end up with money on the players generally, but a lot of times it's not these plays I'm waiting for the alt prop. And I'll give you a perfect example why I like alt props more than I like the standard props is because of the price. And I find very rarely do players barely clear it. Right? We had Tyler Boyd, Tyler Boyd plus 50 yesterday. But I scored, beat him by 60 yards. You know what I'm saying? And we had a, you know, a few of those. You know, even Barkley had it 90. didn't look like he was going to get there. He ended up beating it by 20-something yards. Um, everybody that seems to beat the prop seems to beat it by a bunch. So... The pricing for the next level on the alt prop is usually not in line. Meaning, you'll find this one, plus 54, minus 112. You may get plus 65, like plus 150. And then plus 70, plus 245. It's like, wow, what you should be doing against short play. Remember I mentioned at the outset, this is the last feather for today. Um, Let's go full for this one. Big lessons in need. Big faces. I mentioned as your complexity and understanding grows, so should your execution. A more novice player, and this is nothing to be ashamed of. Everyone needs certain tenets, right? Very strict risk management. But where things can change with experience is as you get into these alt props, understanding the depth of the market and its accessibility, rather than betting, let's call it $10 on the prop, you know, where at the might be, you got to bet. You know, whatever, 11 to win 10. Whereas, if you were chased going after the 150 plus 150, you only have to bet 8 in the first place, opposed to 11. And then when you have multiples, you could end up profiting with a sub-50%. Or in a case like this, where you have a single player, 
you would scale. Some people call it a ladder. Some people call it a scale. Some people call it a pyramid. You line up the plus 50, plus 60, plus 70 and fine tune. Again, the same risk. I generally like to use enough on the base play to cover the venture and then hope to progress off the rest. But lately, I'll just not even go after the minus 110 and put pieces on the ladder, save on the total bet, and again, be able to play under 50%. Yesterday I posted, if you're into that stuff, I do have stuff on Patreon. It's, it's all free. But we um seven alt props, right? They're all plus 150 or better. So we only had to hit three out of seven to break even, four or better to profit. We hit four or better to profit. You know, and unfortunately, Matty Ryan, the last drive, he had a chance to throw and get us over it. We didn't get there, and we almost had to... Big, big day. But again, you know, just the idea of how let your experience drive your complexity. Don't get too far ahead of yourself. You know, take a sample. Take 30 days to try and profit with a simple system. And then get more experience. If you're into this stuff, you have any questions, hit me up on Twitter. I'm there for you. Hit me up on Patreon. We do all types of in-depth stuff. All this betting models and stuff. Player props coming out the wazoo. All types of breakdown. Exclusive audio. Just just all kinds of crazy stuff. You know, it's the same name. John Legaza, NFL Moving Averages. Followed up on Twitter. All that stuff is streamlined. You know, we care so much about you. That's why we work so darn hard at this. Thanks for picking up what we're putting down. Enjoy the game. Enjoy your day. When we're done with the book, enjoy that pay. Give me Damian Harris, Tyquan Thornton in the JM Streets. Give me the Damian Harris rush prop, and I will see you at the ticket window. And remember, when you work this hard, it feels a lot less like luck, yo.